0: Part three, part three of our season recap. I can't believe, I can't believe it took this long to get through this. Uh, it felt like a whole season. We, we've been dealing with this for for an entire season, three episodes to get through this. There's a lot to happen. I underestimated this effort. <laughs> it's like it's gonna be a three hour, a three hour project in the end. Uh, you owe me your top twenty, or is it the top ten of the year? So I'm curious to, to hear about that. But uh, without any further ado, we are going to jump in and talk about Alpha Romeo. Um, this is Valtteri Bottas versus Joe Guan Yu. Uh, pretty interesting pairing. Mm, they uh, finished in the top, I think they were P6 in 2022. And then this year they dropped all the way back to P9. Um, they progressively they started off twenty twenty two with like a pretty competent car, and you know the team coming back to Sauber, preparing for twenty twenty six regulation, and Alfa Romeo leaving. I think there's a lot of di- distraction that happened in this team. Uh, not sure the drivers were confirmed for next year, which is fantastic. Uh, but you know it's it's one of those where what what could have been if it was a more stable environment. Um is, is kind of my conclusion here for for Botas and Joguanyu. In terms of head to head, uh Botas scored 10 points. Uh Joguanyu only six. Uh double digits here and single digits at this point, I guess, for teammates. Uh race ahead. Valtteri 12 to 9. Uh out qualified uh Joe Guan Yu sixteen to six. Uh no, no wins, no podiums, obviously. Um uh, they both DNF'd around the same amount of time, three times each. Um, I remember Austria, I think they, they played seventh and fifth. That was kind of their best not Austria, Hungary, right? That was kind of their their, their top grid great, great performance. Um no, a, I think it, it was, was, was Qatar. Was that Qatar?
1: Yeah, Qatar was their uh, uh... I guess points, Hall of Six
0: Points. Know- no, I mean I mean the great start. At the quality. Oh yeah, great start, yep. Yeah. Um so yeah, but nothing much to say in terms of like the the team's performance. I think it was a little bit underwhelming. Um but uh yeah, I don't know what to expect next year either, uh, from this team given the change that's going to happen. So curious to hear your impression about it. Their season as a whole, uh, a lot of off-track action from from both us. Uh, but uh, other than that, what do you see this team in kind of the pecking order uh, at the end of 23 and then going into 24? I mean, at this point in time, they're more
1: or less uh, the team is more or less aiming big for 2026. Anything that more makes for twenty twenty four or twenty twenty five? It's more or less a slight progress, uh, in terms for where they can start the twenty twenty six from. Given Audi is gonna take over this team, and uh, we will be seeing Alfa Romeo leave the grid this season as a, a construct as a title manufacturer, sponsor title sponsor. Overall, the performance of twenty twenty three for this team wasn't. uh, wasn't anything interesting. I would say It's is more or less pretty basic, uh, given how the twenty twenty two went on. It was also uh, it all played out because of how Audi's take over and their their relationship with Ferrari was also coming to a close, and then how they weren't able to get access to any of the Ferrari parts and few aerodynamic structures. How the team is completely going into their own development path because when you compare it to twenty twenty two to twenty twenty three. 2022, early on, they were pretty good scoring points. That was also because of the Ferrari package and then how they had similar set of packages and aerodynamic packing around that engine unit for Alfa Romeo, early 2022. Uh, come 2023, it was from scratch. Uh, it's everything that they could have based on their own technical expertise. They're growing it in there. So 2024, 2025 is more or less for them to make progress and not stick at the end of the grid, which is surprising to see them this year. Uh, given the yeah. driver's performance, uh, again, not much. They they, they might have done the best they could, but the car they had wasn't reliable, uh, was completely uncertain at how it was behaving in certain tracks, or overall, in fact, never meant never got any uh, constant comparison to details for any progress. They did bring in a few upgrades but we never saw any uh, any rewards for those upgrades on track
0: performance. Yeah, that's true. It, it seems like they, they kind of kept like similar to the Alpine vibe where they were in this, you know, area on the pitch where they weren't really competing for much. You know, they could follow along a little bit, but they were, Basically doing their own thing, slightly I think ahead of even Haas. Right, Haas ended up the year with what twelve points. Uh, Williams he- was ahead of them. Alpha Tari was ahead of them with twenty eight points, and and they had sixteen. So it's one of those chunky. They're in this area, not in the not in the top twenties, uh, not in the low, um tens right like they're they're just right there around 16 slightly ahead of 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 Haas but nowhere close to to even off Atari to be competing uh there so yeah tough tough year for them overall uh stuff to be a back marker but things to look out for in terms of next year for those two drivers I think we have the Chinese Grand Prix at least uh Giovanni gets a home race next year Uh, I'm pretty excited and pumped up about that. love that track. It's a it's a really fun track, great really, to drive. Um at least in the simulator from my end, but like even to watch on Formula 1 back in the day when we had races over there was really neat. Um a lot of opportunity to overtake, you know. I remember what was it? Um it was what's it 2019? Yeah, the race where uh, no no it was a race where he was still a Red Bull I think it was 16 where Ricardo did that 16 or 15 master class drive to win and did the shoey for the first time I think for this first time, I think it this- was 16 yeah 16 16 pretty interesting race uh very bold overtakes you know on, on, on Hamilton and, and the likes like he, he was he he came to grip with that track and I guess I hope next year he'll, he'll be he'll perform their just as, as nicely as he did in the past. So um, that's one track I'm excited for, bring, going back to China for, for a race. It's cool. Uh, I think it's early on in the season, right? I don't remember exactly when, but we have the Japan and, and Austria and Australia and, and China all around. I think it's like fifth race of the season. You start yeah,
1: off in Bahrain, then we have Saudi, then Australia, Australia Japan, and then comes China.
0: China, yeah, yeah. It's, it, be interesting. I think early on, slightly well regionalized this year. Um, I wanna see the excitement from the fans. I'm sure they're ultra, ultra Formula One fans. uh so I, I reckon we're gonna we're gonna have a great race. Uh I don't know what time the race is gonna be shown here. Do remember is it middle of the night as well, as usual. <laughs> well not really to, sure. It? Not sure yet, but I don't I don't mind. We'll watch it anyways. We can make it yeah. anything we want and complain. We'll have We'll have Australia followed by uh, followed by Japan and uh and likely China where it's like middle of the night weekend races. Uh brace yourself for impact in early twenty twenty three, my friend. It's gonna be it's gonna be epic. Um nothing else to, to talk about. I think team principal Andrea, Andrea it's, it's not Stella, Andrea uh Seidel Andres, yes, you know, I love it. Uh he he's transitioned. I think he's working mainly gearing up for twenty six. Really. That's the mindset I've been I felt from that team the entire year. I think another thing to look out for here is what will be the the team ultimately in terms of drivers that they will keep going into twenty five? Are they gonna revamp the driver lineup? as they prepare for the Audi transition or will it be a status quo at least through 25 Then they'll announce who ultimately the drivers will be once we get closer to 26. Um, that's all to play for, right? So that's that stuff we'll be keeping a close eye on uh, throughout 24 to see if there's any announcement in terms of, are they keeping joke on you? Uh, is his performance good enough? Is is Valtteri delivering on the promise, right? Um, and uh, is he the right guy to push him into a new era? So uh, let's see uh, a, a bunch of questions here, but ultimately, uh, twenty four. I'm not expecting much from him either. In terms of
1: yeah, Mark, he yes. has made some decent tires to bring into the team to get them up to pace for 2026 takeover and how Audi can come in. They have the, they I think they got the designer from McLaren too, James Key. Andrea Seidel brought him along with him. Mm. So there are a few more management changes to come in for the team, but it's all to play for uh, the big picture is 2026. But for now, I would say in terms of the drivers, for both the drivers, they would very much want to try to be a part of uh, the Audi takeover and be the part of Audi team. Uh, Valtteri, but as for his experience, he's a well-proven driver. He deserves uh, to stay in with the long with the team when Audi takes over and give them the valuable experience as an experienced driver. Joe uh, Guanyu, on the other hand, he would try very much to keep a seat uh, until at least twenty end of twenty twenty six. To see how the team performs. He wants to get the, everybody right now. Uh, I mean, these two especially would want to get a piece of that uh, Audi seat uh, when Audi takes over. So it'll be a tough task for Guanyu Joe uh, to be part of that program given how Audi has a uh, widespread over other motorsports and then they have other talented drivers that they can bring in with decent backing. Uh, I think John knew... Yu Zhou is in there for his Chinese backers and a good, decent sponsorship. And how uh, the Chinese Grand Prix is coming back into the calendar next year. Uh, we'll see how it'll all play out for at least he's got the opportunity to race at his own Grand Prix this time.
0: Yeah, he will. He will. And I think he's going to he's going to delight in this. Um a lot of a lot of drivers I, I see Yuki gets super busy a lot of talk, the drivers talk about how tough it is to have a a, a home Grand Prix. It's more about managing your off track action, your off track mm-hmm. uh, responsibilities so that you you do have a little bit of energy left uh, energy left going into um uh, going into the, ulti- the the race itself, right that's what matters. that's where the points are scored. But you have so many, you know, off-track commitment that it becomes it becomes a nightmare in terms of energy management. So yeah, we'll be curious to see how he deals with that as well uh, early on in the season. And if the car is uh, competitive, I know maybe Andrea and and James Key had worked on, you know, the 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 first onset of the revamped McLaren, and maybe have some of that idea that they can bring on board. Uh, and maybe help the development of next year's car uh, here at Alpha Romeo, and and maybe push them forward up the field uh, as well along the way. So a lot, a, a lot of question marks. Really, it's kind of the 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 main theme on on winter breaks. It's just you know you try to dissect all the information that you you gather during the season, you know, who's moving where. Uh, and, and what can they bring and how can that change the dynamics uh for, for the following year. So I think we covered a lot of, of, of what can and what was here. Uh let's move on to our next and last uh team here. Uh Haas. Um it's it's one of them where you're excited on Saturday uh and you're sad on Sunday. I'm um, I think it's the only team I, I'm sorry, but it's the only team that I don't have merch for. I don't know why. I usually tend to have merch for everything, but I don't have any merch for Haas. Can you help me that? But before we dive into that, let me give you the stats. It was a it was a it was a wipe I would say, by the Hawk. Uh showed his green muscles. Uh really took care of Magnuson. Magnuson that was quote unquote the team lead last year. Hawkenberg uh, beat him in terms of points. I think Hawkenberg salvaged seven points at some point in, in Australia or something. He got a big haul of points That's, at one point and scored once, once again, whereas Magnussen was three different one pointers that he scores. Uh, and then you have race ahead 13 to 9 for Hawk. Quali's Hawk was just brilliant the entire season on a single lap. Making it sometimes into Q3 with the Haas, which is impressive. Uh, given he, we knew he was just gonna fall back at the start of the season, I was very hopeful that he could like keep up a little bit, you know. Uh, at least race one and race two, but then after that, it was clear that they had some serious tire management and tire degradation issues with that car that just couldn't do a whole a whole race um, at a sustainable pace, but. All in all, yeah, work to do and big, big work to do. Similar to Ferrari, I know they they share a, t- a lot of parts with Ferrari uh, in terms of rear suspension, front suspension, kind of the the dynamics there. And if that were to change in the right direction, um, maybe maybe that will resolve their issue. Uh, ultimately, it wasn't a concept in terms of reverting to the Red Bull chassis. Uh, Bodywork, aerodynamic concept wasn't really their issue. Didn't resolve the car's tire degradation problem in the end. So, yeah, a lot of head scratching there. But, um, yeah, interesting season. Let's see what happens next year, really. Yeah, I mean, everybody wants us to, I mean, as
1: a Formula One fan, we want every team to do good. Us being the newest team in the Formula One grid, we want them to perform good. Season in, season out, they've showed these small glimpses of hope and then just turns out to be at a disappointment at the end of the season. That's one of the main reasons why you don't see many fans just going towards stars and then they don't even have a massive driver, a very popular drivers lineup This year, with the coming back of the World Out the Grid, they had a little bit of hype early on in the season, but as the race performance and results were out there, they just lost it. I think Haas by far had the worst car on the grid in terms of tire degradation. And for every race come Sunday, there were probably a pit stop or two offset. But the entire grid, they needed an extra pit stop then compared to every other team because how the tires were just getting away from them. Yeah, and I, I mean, they have to improve overall as a team for next year, uh, hoping that Gene Haas can... Uh, put some money in the team, given how it's a cost cap right now, and then get them in the right development thing. When you take a look at Haas overall though, it's more or less when you take over Haas or somebody external party comes to buy Haas, it's more or less establishing a new team than getting in the team because Haas doesn't have its more or less old technical thing. They kind of get it. The chassis is designed for another group. The Ferraris' parts are more or less from where they get in very bare minimum technical input within their own team they've subsidized i mean they've they've downsized their entire operations to be efficient and cost effective so it's it's likely to any new team that wants to come under the grid they could just try to take over us and it's technically a new team
0: well let me think. let me ask a question maybe this is crazy right uh let's say Two ways this could play, this could be advantageous, this, another another investor here. One, crazy idea is why doesn't Andretti buy them? Two, even crazier idea. Why doesn't Ferrari do something similar to Red Bull and make it a sister team? You just flat yeah, out make it. it a sister team and, and, and do work with it, you know? And you. it's in Maranello. I remember when I went to Maranello, like walking down the street. That was last year, yeah. Yeah yeah you see Haas people on the street you see Ferrari guys on the street like it's like neighbors bro it's like it's a tiny town but they're all they're all together you know factories are next to each other they, they share wind tunnels and so like just make it just make it one sell it back to Ferrari make it a sister team or sell it to Andretti that wants so badly to come on the grid he has a network he has uh he has the funding he has backers like Gene, you don't have to do this all by yourself, really, right? Like, I think that's kind of where I got at this one because the progress wasn't there. Was it seven years now? Yes. The the, the, the progress hasn't been there, Yeah, Their partnership with
1: Ferrari hasn't worked out great because Ferrari had been, in the past, you've had Ferrari with Sabur, Ferrari with Haas. Ferrari had three engine teams in there, and then their partnership was 50-50 between the both teams so ferrari never had a once a team kind of thing they did try that last year once as a team starting last year kind of worked and now this year it just went away from them because that's when they shifted more or less personnel from uh 2020 from ferrari's team to Haas's team and shifted Haas space to Maronello and get some input and stuff and then ferrari was suffering on their own uh through yeah. mid season of 2022 they had to pull back and focus on their stuff, and then get the best engineers back to themselves.
0: Yeah.
1: And, uh, yeah, I mean, Haas, the value... I mean, Gene Haas needs to make a... I mean, he's, he's much more uh, intelligent in terms of business than where we're coming from, but he might have to make a choice of banking in on the uh, current valuation of the team and selling at least part of it uh, to make his money yeah. And uh, not and to cover up his losses that he had, that he's endured for the past few years or so. Uh, I mean, the team's not performing; they don't have anything assets in terms of showing. So, uh, no team is interested to buy in because when you have Posh uh, earlier on the season, we did. Have, everybody was saying that Posh is also interested to come in. One team that they could have looked at was us, but as far as we know, no team made an offer to us because the see is a sinking ship then uh, rather than something that they could try to uh, bring it up. But man, I very much like, want to two see. Blind
0: people, two blind people can't take, walk each other to the promised land, right? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not going to walk in here, give you money, but you should know where we're going, like, where are we going to go in the end? Like, we're done. We're We're screwed from the start, really. Yeah. Oh. Unless
1: there are some major changes in terms of uh, how Haas makes them as a team, maybe a sister team, a B team, completely still, completely go a different route, uh, get some new ownership or partnership with somebody else, will we not see the Only then will we see Haas climbing up the grid. If not, they'll probably stay on the tail end of the grid, Yeah, yeah. which I'm not sure if it's profitable for Gene Haas. Uh, we'll see. I got
0: I we gotta get a PE together by by Haas. That's the next move. I heard a lot of PE talks in the last couple of weeks. We mm-hmm. started off with what? It was McLaren. I heard we, we already knew about um uh, the Alpine guys with a ton of investors. We had, you know, um Williams PE shop. We had recently some more talks about uh, what was it Aston Martin getting some injection of funds, and so it's it's a lot happening there. Um, Haas got MoneyGram last year, help it get to cost cap. Um, I think as a value invest, as an as somebody that likes investing, like this, it's it's probably the worst asset to buy right now, but it could be an asset that if you if you can hire the right people, you can transform this team mm-hmm. into a winning machine but it's who who are you going to f- steal now? You know, a lot of people have done their merry go around, who's upset and could be a good a good person to to like snatch away from another team into into Haas. So you're going to get I don't know, uh who who left Ferrari recently, the engine guy? But he only knows the engine anyways, Benoto, Like you can't yeah. get so either, right? Like it technical, yeah. He could probably end up somewhere like the Audi program or something. uh. But, like, will you see him in Haas? I doubt it. That's like, that's a downgrade, <laughs> massive step backward. The best possibility for Haas,
1: from what I look at, uh, is them trying to switch engine manufacturers for 2026 and go to Honda, Honda and uh,
0: Honda. get
1: their uh, technical expertise. So that's when what happens is you have Haas, Aston Martin, Honda, uh, three midfield teams coming together to try to get a I mean, well, is it, try to get a shot at a higher radar.
0: Aston Martin is getting a Honda for itself in twenty six. He did not yeah. ship with Red Bull. Red Bull doesn't have Honda anymore at no, that
1: point. Yeah, well, Red Bull doesn't have Honda. It's more or less uh, Red Bull separating, getting their own RVPT, yeah. Ford, Powertrain. Honda yeah. is coming in as an individual engine supplier. And then Did they're the going to be supplying supply?
0: engines. Hmm? They, they, they're, they're required to give it to anybody else or they can just stay with Aston Martin.
1: No, they can select any teams that they want. Any teams that go in and bid for their engines and stuff, they can give it to them. So, uh, it's not exclusive.
0: So would... it's up for years. It's not exclusive that they can
1: no i don't think it's exclusive now because okay, when they're coming in as an engine partner engine uh, supplier it's not exclusive but they're coming in as an engine partner that it's exclusive like how ford is coming in with red bull that's exclusive to red bull team and uh, ferrari ferrari itself mercedes we have so far confirmed as mercedes and mclaren not sure about uh, williams
0: mclaren tried to get honda at some point what happened there you know.
1: oh, McLaren went around looking for everything because uh, it's a shot at being a constructor from 2026 onwards, given how engine regulations have been uh, toned down a little bit to make yeah. sure every and less expensive in terms of development. So they just uh, went around seeing what's best out there, what are the best options for them. And they went, we looked around Red Bull, they, saw, they took a look around Honda too. There were some rumors of Toyota and uh, Mercedes is what they have. They that's This is by far uh, their successful season in the turbo hybrid era ever since 2015 with the Honda comeback. And then they went on to Renault, which was decent. And then they shifted to Mercedes, promising. And the season was by far their best uh, within this entire turbo hybrid era. So uh, they they're giving it a shot. For until twenty twenty eight, I believe, or twenty twenty nine,
0: your engine performs in under the mm-hmm. new regulations, uh, it, and then they'll have they'll see how every other team does, and then they then they'll move their chips to the to the winning engine. <laughs> Cute. All right, cool, fantastic. We yeah, have gone... For our um, past uh, two engines
1: is what it says overall <laughs> about their season. Not much to talk about. Uh, hoping that they pick up for next year <laughs> and not finish tail end, but uh. I think as we're getting closer and closer into the uh, new regulations or I think all the teams are getting closer in uh, we've we this is this is going to be a third season with the new regulations we've already seen the gap lessen between cars during the qualifying slightly in the races we've always had a tight midfield so I think probably within the mid of next season we might see punching of uh, the they scary part yeah
0: the scary part is that red bull stopped developing the car since the summer break and they still yeah. had a massive gap by the end of the season uh it's gonna be it's for those who have, who, who are hoping for a tighter w- a race for the win it's not gonna be 24. that's my bold prediction for 24. it is not happening in 24. there is no battle for first it's still a battle for 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, Like, yeah. which is going to be a stronger battle. It's going to whipsaw tremendously, but there is no challenge again for Max and Red Bull next year. So, sorry. No, sorry. It is what it is. Everybody become a Red Bull fan and you have a great year. 24. Otherwise, it's going to be a challenging little 9 months ahead. Uh, enjoy your winter break, and hopefully next year you, you come in excited to to see. Um, maybe they can do twenty four race wins next year. Ooh, that'll be spectacular if they can beat the record of this year. Twenty I mean, yeah. Every race bar what one, mm-hmm. right. yeah, yeah, clean sweep next year would be amazing. That would be like I setting mean, the bar a little bit higher, man. True.
1: But I and think like, it's highly unlikely. I mean, this season, you can, we can't expect perfect seasons in and out, I mean, back-to-back yeah. kind of thing. But it would be nice to see such a record being broken. I mean, it was great to see the record set this year. And it would be even amazing to see the record broken 100. in a second consecutive year, shattered, and then set a and new like precedent and then perfect, never touch it perfect. again.
0: Yeah, a perfect one, Audrey could say, can't be beaten. Can't be beaten. It's done. It's that's it. That is what we want to see. And I'm not even a Red Bull fan, quote unquote. Like I love every team, but like, like if they're doing well, like why don't you encourage them to do better? You know, like that's kind of my mindset here. Like no harsh feeling, right? Like I'd be happy if they don't win, but like if they can achieve something fantastic, why not? Why not cheer for them? <laughs> I yeah, don't know. That's
1: that's the fun part of a sport. I mean, when you have a well-oiled machine. Uh, you try to go for records that were never meant to be broken, and you start uh, reaching them. And then, as you get closer and closer, you feel like it's achievable. And then you surpass it, and you're like, "Now what?" And then
0: we keep pushing until we see where we break off. And uh, that's how they do it. And you know, like we get 24 wins in a row next year, we ask, "If I fight, can, you add a 25th race? Try to go for 25." You know, kind of the mindset we we'll go for now. And then it would be like 52 weekends. 52 <laughs> races. We haven't done that yet. Please, FIA, give us 52 races. I don't know if Max will be up. I'm definitely up. De- I mean, they'll bring in non
1: championship
0: races, maybe like how we had in the race. Voila, Bring me back for a race. Race <laughs> 50. Race 50. Yeah, the one that really matters really yeah. doesn't matter, really. We lose it at 50, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, pretty shy for 52. The one that see the last of the last of the Mohicans. Like, if we can get 52, we get we break a record. If doesn't, then like it's all Shah's fault. Um, but yeah, no. Any other hot topic this week, man? Before we go into your top 20 of the year, what was another uh, top topic of the week?
1: No other hot topic, from what I know. Uh, in terms of Formula One world, everybody's just resting. This yeah. is the mandatory uh, winter break for them, starting uh, I think Christmas onwards, mm-hmm. up until Jan 8 or 10. That's where everything needs every F1 operation has to be shut down. That's part of why it's
0: cool. I'm shut down too. I I I turned off Twitter, turned off Instagram, so I'm not seeing any of it. I still have F1 F1 app with their they just rehash like an interview somewhere else. They just like. <laughs> And I look at it, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not reading this. I know about this interview. I've seen the interview. Leave me alone. Um, and then they come up with their top 10s, top 20s. Um, the one thing I loved, uh, so far the off season was, you know, that cartoon they make that like, is a McDonald's no, talking... it's, it's, I agree. It's the entire oh
1: yeah one the stick figure
0: yeah yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, the cartoon stuff they do. It's pretty fun. I that was probably my highlight so far this off season. I really look forward to that yeah, In the mid season and at the end of the season. I think, you know, a lot of it was was that uh what's his name signs, uh with Ricky, uh, okay, with Ricky and like, and him complaining in Australia about like you know, no, no, please. Let me talk. Let me talk to them, please.
1: <laughs> I need to talk to them, Ricky, please. No, they can't do this.
0: They can't give me a... him and Lando are like stars on this thing because Lando also is just a funny chap, man. When he's on the radio, it's just like hilarious. It's just the best. Uh but yeah, I'm trying to delay your top twenty. Give it, give it to us. Give us your top twenty and explain. Yeah, I mean I have a top twenty-two. I mean we had twenty two drivers on the grid
1: this uh-huh. year. But uh they wouldn't, they wouldn't matter. I mean a few of these
0: I them,
1: but uh, I was like, you know what, just let's just give it a shot. So I, yeah, it was more or less looking at how the drivers were performing week in, week out. Uh, with the card that they were presented and how consistent they were right? and uh how they were picking up like, their progress throughout the entire season and uh just just that and how they were pairing up against a teammate and stuff like that
0: and how you gonna go about this start from one or are you gonna go different decrescendo from 22 it's, down it's still the
1: 22 to down
0: Woo!
1: i go. mean I, I think everybody knows the top 10 but uh let's, it's, it's it's a twenty two uh, to ten. That's that's more important.
0: Yeah, I, I'm gonna debate you on this. Am I allowed to debate you, or do I just have to? Yeah, have yeah, ride?
1: definitely. Yeah. All right, so oh yeah, I mean, we, we can have I'm a full one.
0: I'm writing... I'm are yeah, episode today. No, we, we you have places to go, and it's New Year's Eve, man. Right, In two days. I have I have racing to do. I have uh, some racing to do as well. All right, number twenty-two. I probably got a too today, though. Shout out to the spot. They have uh they have DJ night today or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's on Friday. It's unfortunate. I'd rather be on 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 Saturday. It would be better, but uh, mm-hmm. I'll just say hi to my peeps. You know. Anyways, I digress. Mm-hmm. Go for it, number twenty-two. Coming mm-hmm. from the mm-hmm. Netherlands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Couldn't agree more.
1: Nick DeVries, I mean, the only reason was, I mean, he had the hype coming into the season, given how his performance in Monza last year with Williams. But he never was able to show any signs of improvement or any signs of a decent drive that he could put in, in that Alphatari for the first half of the season. When in comparison, Yuki was putting it in P10, P11, P10, P11, every race and every quality. So that itself, Nick DeVries, um... Felt like he was in the no man's land. He was lost. So yeah, he,
0: he's uh, he's up there in twenty two. Can I name these drivers? Can I can I like give a title to their season once you rank them? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I'm gonna call it the reason one okay. hit wonder. One hit wonder. Yeah, hit wonder. He's a wonder, but it's just in Formula One, it was just one hit. All right, all right. Move on. Number twenty one. Yeah. That's me. Number twenty one. Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. My boy from Florida. (laughs) You got it. (laughs) Logan Sargent. Oh, gee. LS. But his number is two, though.
1: Yeah, his number is two. But number 21.
0: I can't uh, believe I'm putting that on right now for the the last 20. Oh, man. All right, cool. LS, baby. (laughs) I'm thinking about what I, I call his season, but go ahead. Talk 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 to me about his season.
1: Uh rookie season, yes. Uh first few races. Uh, not so much. we weren't expecting much from him because we were only trying to get him uh, comfortable with the new cars. This, this is his first time driving the new regulation, new F one first F one cars. We've never seen him do any testing of any sort up until last year's uh preseason, postseason drivers, young drivers testing. Uh Logan Sargent. We thought maybe he showed some signs of improvement, but uh, not really. He was making any mistakes week in week out, which I expected from a rookie. But no, no promise of any progress was shown. Uh, in terms of results or on paper, we've never seen him uh, make any good progress. So even when the car was up there, good, never got any much closer to Alex Albon, uh, either in terms of qualifying at the tight end of the season. This ranking, more or less, for Logan Sargent is from the second half of the season. First half was more of a lesser practice run for him. Getting to know the car, getting to feel the car, and get comfortable with it. Second half was where we were more critical on how he was going to perform and if he was able to keep his seat. Uh, And he wasn't announced as the next year's driver up until probably a week and a half, two weeks ago. So that makes a big sense in terms of uh, where you put him. Not much, any signs of progress. It's more of a gamble that they're taking in for next season too. They've always uh, been vocal that he was he came in a year earlier into Formula One than they antes, originally anticipated for. So we'll see how he performs for twenty twenty four, and uh, maybe gets closer to Alex Albon and gives the team some points because I think he he was one of the main reasons maybe for Williams to not. Get another get another spot in the constructors. He scored That's only true. one point in mm-hmm. all of his 22 races and compared to Alex L 26 points. Rough cut. Alright,
0: I'm gonna call this kid Rough Cut. This, rough, this, cut. Yeah. rough Cut. Just, it reminds me of you remember that movie from Adam Adam Sandler where he was like he's a diamond broker and he likes to yeah. pet. Gamble, uncut, gem, uncut gem, uncut gem, uncut gem. Maybe this is how we cut this guy. Like he's an uncut gem. Like there is potential here, right? There, 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 there could be something magical or something spectacular under this kid. But it's just like, but well, like, there's still some, some, some work to be done here to, to, to remove the kinks and to, to remove the, the the mistakes and just sharpen sharpen the knife really uh, but yeah uncut jam I like that I like that better so I'm gonna cut him uncut jam or number 21 now number 20 that you're gonna bring up I'm a little bit on the fence between two drivers um, mm-hmm. maybe three drivers that I have in limbo here uh, one guy from Alfa Romeo the other guy uh, a mid season interest and the last one is my New Zealander. I don't know who you picked. I would say you went for Danny, uh with a bias to me personally towards Joe Guanyu. But your call.
1: I mean I'll give you number twenty and nineteen. So number and mm-hmm. twenty number twenty is Daniel Ricciardo and at number nineteen is Liam Lawson. Yeah. I so I didn't I'm I i did not want to put these two drivers in the rankings. It wasn't fair on my end because they've only performed for two or three races uh, overall in the season and we never got to see anything uh super comparative yeah, no. to the teammates because they were still adjusting to the car but uh i felt they were they've done much better job than what uh nick Devries and logan Sargent have done uh in the short time so i've just put them in there for number 20 and 19. but if i have the if i want to i would probably take them completely off of the rankings yeah and uh, not not rate them because
0: of them because' they've only done two or three races. The simple size of what you're comparing them versus the entirety of the grid is yep. subpar, really., uh, I will call Danny's season um unlucky. He wasn't really lucky. Um, like a lucky advantage, really, because he had an advantage where he got a contract sign because of who he is in his past history uh but like it was just an unlucky advantage maybe it could have gone south and he wouldn't have if he stuck around for the entire season Yuki could have destroyed him um but uh he, he, he still has some weight to his to himself um uh, and he did well with what he had in the back season I remember one race that I was super impressed from him was the Brazil Grand Prix after he he got unlucky again and his wing got 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 clipped off and he was running a whole lap behind but he was really, really well fighting against the McLaren that he got out of uh, and and was very competitive so yeah uh, an unlucky really advantage for Danny Ricardo. in terms of Liam I'll call Liam sorry but I'll call him like a. The super the, the, a super sub, uh, but it wasn't like he had a super sub performance like you would see from Hulkenberg. It was one of like these the unexpected sub, right, or an unexpected delivery kind of kind of season kind of time frame for him, you know. Um, Or yeah, I, don't I mean, know, what you call his season on the, on paper. Liam Lawson, everybody
1: thought he was a good driver. uh and he was a pretty decent driver. And when he got the drive in Netherlands and how he was able to drive. And then uh, the next three races, he was able to drive and uh, keep up in close with UP. Uh They've seen, uh, I mean, he showcased his talent and what he's capable of. And then that excited the fans and uh, everybody around him about what he is. He's proven himself kind of thing. So... His, his Sean has a practical ability to perform in a good, in a decent car uh, when it was only on paper
0: up until then. Yeah, I think I call, I switched it to Super Formula. <laughs> <laughs> well, <you're not. laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's a pun. Uh, number eighteen. Uh yes. I think you're going to point out my friend Magnuson, aren't you? Uh
1: close, but no. Number eighteen is Lance Stroll. Uh, Number 18, Lance Stroll, compare oh, him to Fernando Alonso. Oh. So when you compare him to Fernando oh. Alonso and how he's done uh, in the season, because he's, he's finished last season pretty close to Sebastian Vettel. Uh, and uh, Lance Stroll this season, yeah, he started off with a hand injury. He was on the back foot, uh, took some time to recover. But after that, he never fell uh, in place with the car. He's never, he was never able to get anything. Uh, respectable out of that car while Fernando week in, week out he was up there top five and uh, was capitalizing when the car was fast and then when the car wasn't so good he was still uh, outpacing Lance Stroll by at least a second a week uh, on week in, week out so that's why and uh, yeah it was a subpar performance from Lance Stroll and uh, it's because you consider his experience too he's not a new driver he's not a an uh, experienced driver he's been in the sport for seven years he's had uh he's been considered, he's has had good performances good seasons uh bad seasons too i mean this is this would by far be uh one of the seasons that he uh he just let it go kind of thing uh maybe he'll look back and think about the season but this i hope this is a day this is only a slumber for him this season and he's able to uh keep up and uh catch up with for fernando next season
0: and he finished he finished in the championship well ahead of a lot of people. He finished tenth in the championship. His teammate was fourth. Yeah, there's a there's a pretty decent golf there. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. I kind it's of it's a, Yeah, it's a what if, if
1: if Troll was scoring a good amount of points. Uh, when he was feeling better and the one in the car was still comp- uh, competing they would have easily finished P3 in the Constructors. Yeah. So uh, it, it's performance it's
0: about... just when, uh The car performance also like fluctuated to the downside yeah. a little bit. Um, yes. He wasn't able to like adapt. I think it was a, a, an inability to adapt that, that kind of got him. Yeah. I would call him casualty though. Casualty for two reasons. <laughs> First, yes. his, injure, his injury made him a casualty. And then two, he was a casualty of... Of uh Fernando's Lando's, Fernando Alonso's spectacular skills, so yeah, casualty he is. Uh, of our yeah. top 20 this year, top 22, 18. All right, number, number 17, 17. K Mag, uh, from oh, us, was... yeah. yeah, you got me at Stroll the week. I wasn't expecting Stroll Corsolo, oh. oh. yep, K Mag.
1: Uh, given his experience, uh, him uh, and Haas is his home team. He's been driving with Haas. I mean, given the year gap he's got, but Haas is still his home team. (laughs) And uh, and, In the first year with his new teammate, getting beaten, overdriven, uh, not being able to be comfortable with the car, and not able to uh, give them the technical advice in terms of how to perform their car. So uh, I think He's at a stage where his he's uh, in there for the sport solely because of his experience and not because of his performance kind of thing. His performance has dipped, but he's in the sport for experience. So we'll always have uh, two type of drivers in the sport. You have the young drivers who are on upward trajectory, and then you'll have uh, experienced drivers whose form might have dipped, but they're in their sport for the experience itself. So he falls into the second category, uh, kind of drivers who, that's the only thing that's keeping his seat or uh, him being in the seat kind of thing because of his experience and, and it, now uh,
0: there's a third category
1: yeah there are quite a few
0: categories but uh, uh, uh just, there's a category w- with the likes of Lewis Hamilton and Fernando Alonso where you're old yes. but you're still sharp you're still performing and you still have so much experience that you're just deadly on track Uh Yeah, those two have, have shown it. especially Fernando really yeah, but so, yeah, no. well, yeah, yeah, man. What should I title him? Uh the new the new title I'll give K Max season is "Who's Your Daddy." Uh <laughs> I'm feeling a little bit. I'm feeling a little bit excited today about like these title things. Yeah, we should have this more often. So, who's your daddy? Why am I calling? It, who's your daddy? It's his team. It's his house. Like you said, um, he he he's he's a new dad as well. He got he got a new kid this year. Um and uh I think didn't Hockenberg also had a kid this year, right? Or Hulkenberg, Yeah, is like a, a father as well. So they're both daddies, but like really he got he got he got he got, he, got, he found a new he found another daddy at in the team uh in turned Hockenberg. So I'm gonna ask K like, Mag the question who's your daddy, dude? But yeah. Next up, number sixteen. Oh, number sixteen is uh Guanyi Joe.
1: Or uh joke on you, so uh, yep, uh, I mean, last year was his rookie season, yes, this year was his second year with the team he was absolutely nowhere close to Valtry Bottas in terms of any pace at all, neither in qualifying uh, nor on the race trim. he was always struggling in there, uh just maybe small glimpses here and there whenever valtry was uh ha valtry had the extreme end of unluckiness. But besides that, Juanito, Yee Cho, it was more of a lackluster performance. From him, I wasn't impressed. Uh, of his tribe, he's still a young driver. He should be able to adapt and learn. And I uh, tried to get closer to Valkyrie, but we did not see that happen uh, anywhere also this season. Mm-hmm. Given its qualifying Sunday or sprint races. So that was one thing that I put him at 16. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's more of well, a uh, on him. But if you remember, Botas, like, destroyed them, like, quite a bit in 22, right? Botas had, like, 49 points last year. Joe Guanyu only scored six points last year. Yes. Six uh, points about, uh, at the end
1: of the 2022 season, uh, Guanyu Joe was closing in the gap to qualifying for Valtu Botas. But uh, you don't see that this season at all. They, the gap has just only been growing. And then again, we have to emphasize on this and Botas. Is uh-huh. one of the best qualifiers out there.
0: Yeah, so he you gave
1: get... Hamilton a run for his money when he was in Mercedes. When you had a good car, Valtteri Bottel was always in there. Just a tenth off of Lewis or a tenth ahead of Lewis. So it was always a tenth or two between them. So Valtteri Bottel was always a great qualifier. He's always a great race. Given the right car, he's going to put it up there where it deserves to be. Yeah. Uh, but when Joe Guanyu, he was never close last year, rookie. But then he was promising and then he had these decent uh qualifyings where he was very much closer to Valtteri Bottas in good time. And good race But this season you we never heard about his performance anywhere. We never saw any good stories about him or we never saw any decent glimpses of his race results or race finishes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where kind of just no progress or it was just a stack stagnant year for him. He might have learned something in the background as to what oh, wasn't working for him. Hopefully, yeah. he picks it up. That's one way for him to impress the new management team for him to keep his seat. If not, uh, next next year's driver's market is going to be spicy. So, that's one thing he needs to take, in, take into consideration. Majority of the driver's contracts are expiring next year.
0: So, that'll be fun to see. <laughs> Yeah, Joe Guanyu, my title here is Nowhere. All right, 15. Uh, Nico Hulkenberg.
1: I was, uh, yeah, number 15, Nico Hulkenberg. I was kind of uh, doubtful about 15, 14, what I figured, 15, Nico Hulkenberg. Uh, yep, yeah, new season, new car. After two years break with Formula One, did a decent performance of uh, about qualifying his teammates in the first few races or so the first half of the season. And then uh, both the horse cars were are literally nowhere to be seen. They're struggling. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's why he's, like, he's ranked uh, higher than his teammate because he was performing decently, too. But we never saw anything better than what the car could have done kind of thing, given how Nico Hulkenberg is rated slightly higher, uh, saying that he's a good driver, capable of uh, getting that car into nowhere. He was the Mr. One. He was, he was the super sub. So, all
0: right. I'm gonna call Hulkenberg. I'm your father, like Luke. I'm your father, but it's more like K. mag I'm your father. So, I'm your father. <laughs> number fourteen. Yeah. Who's one I one? I number fourteen? Ah, <sighs> I've got a lost track here. Let's see. What does close? Ah, uh, fourteen. Yuki.
1: No. All right. Number
0: 14, we have Sergio Perez. You knew I wasn't going to find it.
1: (laughs) Yes, I have Sergio Perez in number 14. His first four races were good. He's got that win. I took that into consideration too, but afterwards, after that, absolutely nowhere given how he had a dominant car on the grid and was nowhere close to securing the front row with his teammate. He doesn't have to beat his teammate, at least secure the next part of his teammate. Uh, and he failed to do that for 17 races. So that was one of the reasons why I ranked him uh, 14 in the points hall. I mean, what happens uh, when, when the team proves two constructors and drivers. But again, when having a dominant car, you don't want... The team to completely help you to secure that P two in the championship. You need to be able to do it on your own uh, and uh, try to get that started out. So that was one of the reasons why I put in uh, Sergio Perez at number fourteen. This is a second year where uh, he needed the team's help to secure P two in the championship. When that's the only team that had the most talent and core on the grid.
0: Absolutely, yeah. No business back there. Uh my title here for this guy is White Lines. Cross the strokes <laughs> quite a bit this year. So watch out. This next year we don't want to see that again. Uh lucky number thirteen. Who's the guy? Who's the lucky uh, well, number? The F- uh, yep. Is it more because of the car? Forty six points down to nine points. That's a huge downgrade. Uh, for yeah, drive- it's, it's a- the car too
1: and then uh his consistent perform- i mean he was never able to get the car anywhere into top 10 qualifying he was never fully able to extract uh what the car was maybe having or never out qualified what the car was giving in mm-hmm. so that and taking his experience into consideration uh and uh and trying to work with the team and the technical expertise and stuff like that and try to develop the core. Uh, overall, just not what we expect from Valtteri because uh, early on when his move to Alfa Romeo was made, we've all expected, given Valtteri what has his technical feedback and how uh, he was able to be a part of championship-winning core, he could bring this uh, team uh, from the bottom end of the grid somewhere closer to midfield, which we did see slight glimpses last year but this year uh literally nowhere they were at the tail end of the field so i think that was something
0: disappointing to see
1: okay
0: that that's uh, that a, more... a tough one to to, yeah. to 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 say about Botas. i'm going to steal a word from what you just said you said bottom end i think it suits his his uh his, <laughs> his, his personality these days uh, i was going to go with calendar but I think, farm, yeah. yeah, but I think bottom man sounds much better for this guy uh, yeah number 12 uh, Yuki number 12 Yuki
1: Sinoda uh, yeah he's got a, he's had a great season uh, great learning curve uh, good performances uh, I didn't I mean I think 12 does he deserves to be in 12 I mean when you listen to the other 11 rankings I think I may have done slight good justice to Yuki being ranked at number 12. Because I think moving forward, year on, you'll only hear more or less uh, advantages of uh, how the drivers have performed for them to stick in those places, kind of thing. Yuki has done great uh, against three drivers uh, with the team, with the car that was struggling, kind of thing, bringing it into P11, P10s, P8s uh, consistently and uh, qualifying and uh, in races when he had the right car or when he was comfortable he was able to extract 100 of its performance and to show the team that uh he's a valuable asset and then he can grow and uh, try to be a number one leader he's no longer to be considered as a young driver but more of an experienced driver given that this is his third season or fourth season in formula one so yeah i think uh he's in there with the mix and then he's there to cause trouble and stirred some uh, stuff so that he could get a shot at the Red Bull seat, maybe.
0: Boss Killer, that's Sonoda. Anybody, yep. anybody that was supposedly a better driver than him that they put in the car, trashed him. So Sonoda's my man. Love Sonoda. Ah, uh, Boss Killer, number eleven. Yeah, a you want to take cold. it? Oh, it's a tough one. I, I'm, I reckon it gets so much tougher at this point. Uh but I would say, man. Number 11. Uh, wow. Who haven't we spoken about yet? Yeah. Sergeant. Please. We spoke about a lot of the, the back markers. Let me go back to my list and see if one, who could be. Give me a second, okay? Um, <laughs> we spoke about the two husky. We spoke about these two, Afatari. Ricardo, give him all. Williams, I don't know if Alban, Ocon. Close, but Russell. Ooh. Number 11 is Russell. You're savage, man. I wouldn't have Russell so low. He beat Lewis so many times. I reckon Lewis is P10. Did he,
1: did he beat this year? Did he beat Lewis this year? I mean, he's not there to uh, match Lewis. He's there to beat Lewis. He's a young driver. He's proven. Uh, I mean, he's everybody knows that he's capable. He wasn't able to just extract it completely and uh, beat Lewis straightforward. We don't expect. I mean, from what I would say, we expect George Russell to out qualify and uh, outpace Lewis Hamilton uh, week in week out if he has the opportunity to do so, uh, rather than try to match him or rather than try to get beaten by him. Isn't that uh, is- he wants to be a championship driver and number one driver. For
0: Mercedes, that like that's, too that's much what he ask. needs. Isn't that too much to ask from one, a driver that hasn't won more than a race against a driver that's won seven, maybe eight or nine world championships?
1: I mean, he's in the team
0: uh, to, I mean, he wants to be the number one for the team.
1: So if he wants to be the number one for the team and he wants to show get the prime strategy and be number one, he has to beat <laughs> the existing number one. So, only then will he prove that he is worth it. where are so, view the strategy. Yeah. And uh, he, I think Russell is one of, I mean, he has a good chance uh, in how and why Mercedes was last P2 in constructors. If maybe Russell had very good performances and then he was able to catalyze it and get good, even a higher chunk of points, he could have uh, helped Mercedes secure that P2. I mean, when you look back at the end of the season, every single point matters. So when you're taking those points, you wouldn't know so. But when you look back after your entire points are done, they've lost How much uh, they've, they've they've had a close battle to Ferrari for p P2. He would have breezed past. Uh, if uh if not if not for maybe Russell's uh, subpar or average performances in the weekend. I mean, you take a look at it take a look at few of the races where Russell's has finished in comparison to uh, where uh, Lewis has finished and uh, with no instances too no incidents nothing it's just rain which uh on his advisor that he was reporting all right. yeah
0: all right okay I'll give it to you our name is season high expectations
1: yeah I mean yeah media we, we high expectations from him because My, again, uh, the the only thing that put him in 11. When you listen to 10 and 9, I wouldn't put him in top 10, Russell. Maybe, maybe 10, but uh, 11 seems to be deserving. But given how he wants to be the number one driver for the team, and he wants to take the reins uh, from Lewis Hamilton and lead the team to driver's championship and constructors. So he needs to force beat Lewis. week in week out every week. And then also show the signs of consistency and uh, not make any more silly mistakes and get that sorted out kind of thing. I don't think he's made any silly mistakes, but uh, just getting that into the mindset of the champion, maybe.
0: We don't know because no, we are not, not champions. Arguing. It's tough, right? It's tough. I, I kind of, I, I accept it. I'm not arguing with you. I'm okay. It's your top, top, top twenty, and I like the law. Lo- you have some logic to it, so I'm not gonna argue. Number ten. Who is this Alright, number 10 and number 9. Uh, these are the two French drivers
1: from Alpine. So, number 10, Esteban Ocon and number 9, Pierre Gasly. Uh, they both managed to sneak in a podium uh, in a season, 2023, where they did not belong or they were just in the middle of nowhere. So, that was a good high for the team. And in terms of drivers, Esteban Ocon uh, and number 10. He could have done much better. Against a new teammate. Uh, he's a good driver. But we all expected him to maybe beat his. Uh, teammate. Uh, since it's his first season. His his teammates first season with the team. And uh, Alpine still wants to surround the team. Against Estaban. And if any one of these drivers want to make. It their team kind of thing. And be the number one driver. Uh, they would have to beat them. Fair and square. Uh, and. He's done good with the uh, the car that he's been given, so that's why he deserves the number ten spot. I would say. Number nine, Pure Gasly, first season with the team, has done a really good performance. He was screwed by the team, uh, with the strategies in a few races, but nevertheless, he did also get a podium. And uh, uh was Netherlands, was it? Yes, Monaco. Was Pierre Gasly's podium in Monaco? No.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ashley was not Monaco. Monaco was
1: uh Ocon. Okay. Monaco was Ocon. Then the uh, Netherlands was Pierre Gasly.
0: No, Netherlands. Uh, Fernando got on the podium, right? No, Netherlands was uh, Max, Fernando, and Pierre Gasly. Oh, uh, really? The Gasly. Mm-hmm. Number four was
1: Sergio. Number no, here, I mean, number six is Lewis Hamilton. Yeah,
0: you're right, you're right, you're right. Gasly was on the podium, I'm sorry.
1: And George Russell was P-17. In Netherlands. Netherlands, Lewis was P-6. No, no. You're right. So yeah, uh, Pierre Gasly had a good season. Excited to see where he takes the team, where, uh, how he performs with the team next year, and how the dynamic between uh, Esteban and Pierre is going to be. Like we don't want it to be a toxic team, yep. but we want the drivers to have fun, uh,
0: bashing each other at the same time. Okay, should I name the two or should I give uh, a season review for each? I think Ocon is always SD besty. Don't know, yep. he's just a quirky guy. No no, no, no other way to put it. Uh Gasly, I could call it screwed over. Uh, he gets screwed over quite a bit. And sort of, these are the rules at Alpine. This is what we do when you when we let you lap. This is what happens. Yep. Uh, Got me got me worked up quite a bit a few times. And then for the for the both well, of them I'll call them the dynamic duo, really. Ah uh, it's, it's it's always a it's always a, a moving target with those two. So mm-hmm. we'll, um we'll see what happens next year. Number 8. All right. Uh number
1: eight. Uh yes. we have our rookie Oscar Piastri. And number eight. The one reason that I have bought him into uh, the top eight was how he was consistently improving as the season was going on and uh, trying to get closer and closer uh, to Lando in qualifying, not the racing. Race space, Uh, he still has a lot to learn about tire management and how he could uh, uh, preserve his tires uh, when the battle comes to him kind of thing. We did see him perform really good in Qatar. And uh, get very closer to qualifying uh, and uh qualify Landon Oris and get very close to Landon Orison in the race is because there was no tire preservation for the entire race. So we saw that he was, was pretty fast. The kid could uh, get a car to where it belongs and uh, without any mistakes and consistent performance. Sure. And this is, I think, this is by far one of the best rookie performances we have seen since uh, maybe Sean Leclerc or even before. So that's why I rate him at number eight. So he has so much to grow and so much to show, and then he's met, or maybe surpassed the expectations
0: that we've had for him. You know, you know, you know, I like whiskey, I like vodka. Just one for a ruski standard. I'm gonna call it the rookie standard. You know? (laughs) Good stuff from him. Pretty good vodka. So good performance. Good good work from here. So that's kind of the standard. I like to see from my rookies. Uh, seven seven. Who's that? You you haven't even mentioned the other uh, Williams driver at this point. Um, yeah, that's where I'm coming to right now.
1: That is uh, Alex Albon. Number seven is Alex Albon. Oh, he's had a stellar year in the car. Uh, he was he was very consistent with the car. Uh, he was trying to find other ways to get the car to the spot that he needs to and uh, get comfortable with the car. He was pushing himself and the car week in, week out, uh, trying to get that into the top 10, score good points, and then he scored 80% of the team's points or maybe 90% of the team's points. Uh, so uh, that is one thing for Albon. He's amazing and uh yeah he's done great for the team and the dynamic between him and the team seems to be really good and uh hoping that he finds more improvement next season.
0: Okay. I'll call I'll call Albon season. Catch me if you can. Yep. Uh number six, who you got? All right. Number six, we
1: have our soul Non-Red Bull race winner, Carlos Science at
0: number six. You're, you're brutal, man. A race winner, number six. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, huh. yeah, uh,
1: besides, I mean, you take the race win onto the side, and you take a look at overall, his season, pretty good, I would say, but not to the extent of what uh, we can expect in terms of consistency. Uh, he's had uh, issues I mean, issues within which were not his mistake at the tail end of the season. But when you take a look at the beginning of the season, he's had some uh, issues here and there. Bad luck, everything combined together. But nothing super exciting, I would say, uh, for him. So I would put him in a uh, 6 or number 6. would
0: was... Okay. I don't know what the... I, I always remember his Singapore performance. So yeah, I I want to call him smooth operator. Still. It's it's I uh, wasn't a smooth. Yeah, I can't call him a smooth operator because of the season. His season wasn't a smooth operation. Um, I don't know what word to call it. Uh, good, not great. Really, it's good, not. I mean. It's it's been a good I mean from when you compare pretty, he's in number six right now. When you yeah, compare the did, other five drivers ahead of him. Beach, he didn't beat you like three times like he did in twenty twenty two. So like yeah, yeah it's good. It wasn't great. It wasn't it wasn't great
1: to put him in uh, the top five. Yeah. That's about it. Like he was looking good. He's the sole
0: race winner, but it wasn't great to put him in the top five. That that's not it. All right. Now, this is a tough thing when you he did a lot with a car that was like I would say the, third, the second fastest car really on on uh, overall throughout the year, right? Yeah. He did good with what he had. No, he had
1: consistent performances too. I mean, it's just that he did good, but not great to be in the top five because when you top, when you look at top five, you'd be like, yeah, they they're deserving to be in top five. Yeah. If if uh, if I would give them the same places, then I would put him in top five, uh, equaling somebody else. Number five, who's that? All right, so number five, four, three. I feel like these three rankings are interchangeable uh, for any of the fans that they would want to. Mm-hmm. And there is no fa- sort of favoritism in here. But at number five, I have Ham- Lewis Hamilton. At right. number four, I have Charles Leclerc. And at number three, I have Landon Aris. So these three could be interchangeable. You could have Landon Artist number five. Leclerc in number four, Hamilton number three, or you can have Leclerc number five, Hamilton number three, Norris number four. Uh, these three interchangeable within these three slots. Uh, they've had a great season, a great drive, and they were able to perform when their car was good. Yep. Uh, let's uh, start with Lewis, maybe. Yeah? Lewis Hamilton in number five. For I mean, I'm ranking him number five. So he's had a pretty good season, despite uh, when you take that he uh, did not finish and disqualify from uh, US Grand Prix and Qatar, two races back to back. But uh, everything else besides that, it's been great. Uh, despite the struggling W14, he's been constantly uh, finishing P4, P5, P6, and trying to get the best out of the car and uh, score decent points for the
0: team. He said the guy that finished right before the right after the two Red Bulls is fifth in the ranking. Yeah, the I mean, I,
1: like I said, it is interchangeable. You can put him at number three, you can put him at number four, or you can put it at number five. I just put him at number five, mm-hmm. I know, given I want to take a look what at. You to, like, you to to.
0: Yeah, you have to rank all, all four, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, you rank them five. So, what did uh, four and three do better than him in your in your in your perspective?
1: yeah uh so leclerc i would say has been i mean he didn't get a great start uh season i would say with ferrari you we were expecting him to be a championship contender he had uh did not finish in the first of the three two races of the first three races so uh that that didn't show anything much but when you take a look at uh, everything else and how he was struggling with the car and uh how he was able to get it better into better performing and when the car was into his zone or when even when he was struggling with the car you could see him get it to top four so uh, that's one of the reasons why i did put him in top four with that i think there was a series of seven races in the middle of the season where he was very consistent despite the car despite him complaining week in week out about his car and he was just there, finishing fourth, 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 third, fifth, fourth, uh, second. So that bunch of uh, races showed that he's he's able to uh, perform, and that he's grown uh, over the season, and his uh has has kind of gotten the team better results. And I think him, uh, he played a vital role in the uh, Ferrari getting a shot at P two with having Mercedes.
0: Okay, how
1: about Lando? Yep, number three, uh, the Landon Norris, uh, McLaren had an exceptional season. Uh, but despite before the upgrades kicked in too, Norris was very consistent, bringing that car that did not belong in the top ten into top five for qualifying. He did also score. He did also qualify P three in Barcelona. This was pre-upgrades. They never got any upgrades for that car. And then, even, even the dog of a car, he was able to track it and be key, very consistent uh, in qualifyings. So, when you look at Landon R's qualifying, everybody would remember. I mean, we would all remember only the top, only the last four or five races where he's kept making mistakes in qualifying and track limits and stuff like that. But when you look at all the 22 races over the other season, the first 18 races, anytime the car was good he put it into qualifying right then and there. No mistakes. None, so I were very consistent in qualifying. He's shown great uh, improvement of uh, how much better a better good driver he is over experience. Uh, he's been uh, growing as more experience he's been gaining kind of thing. Uh, yeah, and Austria was a good uh, example to kind of back the data, saying that he got a car that was really good with the first sort of upgrades and then he immediately put it into uh, uh, he immediately put it on a good qualifying and then a good race and scored a very good chunk of points for the team. I think it was their first I mean this, barring Australia that was their first on merit point. Australia because of all the red flags and all the sort of stuff they got bumped up uh, and drivers taken out but on merit I think Austria was their first uh, point that they scored
0: Cool.
1: That's
0: why so, I put wow we're going one hour and twenty minutes already. Uh Lando, DJ Lando, uh on the on on deck. Leclerc, Qualiban, Hamilton, no wins, part two. Let me think. P two, you're getting Fernando Alonso, P one, Max Verstappen. Yeah. All right. So Lando, it. we know how that went. I will call I'll call Fernando season uh King Fernando. Um and then for Max, we're stepping out title him three peat. Um, <laughs> we 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 know enough about these two. I won't just. Uh yeah, all right. So we got we got we got through this. It was it took a while, uh, but uh, yeah, interesting interesting la- list. We'll we'll catch up early next season to kind of have a uh, a preseason list of where we think the drivers will 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 we'll end up at the end of the season um and then uh we'll keep track of that during the season to see who's uh who comes on top all right that's a wrap yeah. for today it's it's one for the book I hope this is the last season of this last episode of the year we just two two days left in the year so we need a we need to wrap this up at 43 episodes not a bad not a bad just yeah. as as many episodes as state as weeks in the in the year it was what Forty, it's fifty-two weeks in the year. Yeah, we got we got what nine nine weeks less of episode. Yeah, Granted, yeah. season we were recording two episodes a, uh, um, a week. But uh, yeah, it's great, fun, fun season. It's gonna start right over again before we know it. Um, next year. Yeah, uh, Paridaka starts in a couple of days. Formula E follows suit, and then um. We're back into WEC. I or I WEC first or is it Formula One before WEC? I, I don't remember. WEC first. WEC first, right? So yeah. Yep. Auto GP WAC and then and then Formula One. All right. Fantastic. It was a delight, my friend. Uh let's let's shut the party down here. Happy New Year's to everybody. Don't party too hard. And we'll see you on the other side of the coin. Bye. Yep.
1: Happy New Year's everyone. Bye. Thank you for tuning uh, in with us for the 2023 season. We'll come back to you for uh 2024 season.
0: Alright. Cheers. <laughs>